And it's it's awesome. I, I, I just think it's awesome that uh, God's ability to take the broken, to take what the world says is ugly. And he's like, I'm going to take this vessel and I'm going to I'm going to reflect my image. I'm going to reflect my holiness. I'm going to reflect my glory in this person. I'm going to conform them once again into how, who whom I called them to be. And we just see God's glory in sanctification. <laughs> Welcome to part three of three um, on the episode Living the Character of Christ with our guests Alexi Torres and Rachel Hicks. And we're going to continue talking about how can we live like Christ? How can we represent Christ well? So stay tuned. Oh, oh, oh. I, I think, though, every, every time we sit, we must represent Christ because we see him as unworthy. Every time we see sin, every time we sin, we see Christ as unworthy. We see something that's more worthy to serve than Christ. We see something that 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 deserves more of our attention than the obedience to Christ. So in Florida, I saw the glory of the beaches, the glories of a relationship, the glories of myself as more important than God. Mm. And God, He didn't take second place. He took like fifth place. Mm. He took like fifth place in my life. And I, I, I would have said. Like the cliche, yeah, God first, God first, but it's like, but my life was not reflecting that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, I represented Christ. I didn't, I didn't esteem him for what he was. Yeah, until I found out the emptiness of the world and everything. Yeah, well, that's powerful. And 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 thank you so much for sharing because it's it's not easy to do that. And sometimes you can walk into quote unquote Christian circles or quote unquote Christian or church circles, and and it it can be about image or, or, you know, how you, how you present yourself and a list of things that you haven't done or, um, who's better than who. And sadly in our humanness and our fleshliness, we, we struggle with those things. We want to present ourselves well, um, but not real. And that's a problem. And, and I think that's a huge critique for Christ followers, you know, just, just be real. And, and so, Thanks for sharing that, honestly, because I think it speaks to people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. What about you, Rachel? Um, if there's anything you want to add to that? I think you guys can <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're pretty good at talking, aren't we? All right, let's do let's do one more question here. So, but um, if we're gonna live out Christ's character, um, how? I think it's important to ask the question, how does Christ see people? Um, it's not just about living out um, commandments or laws, or and it's not even just simply about loving God with your whole heart. But in doing that, in loving God with all your heart, you do love other people well. So we can't just dismiss people. We can't just dismiss church. We can't dismiss unbelievers or things like that. Um, so how do you how do you think Jesus sees people and and why might that help us better understand 
who he is in his heart and and how does seeing other people the way Jesus does, how does that help us live out Christ's character? Um, I think Jesus sees people through a lens of love, compassion, mercy. Um, he has a just a heart of love for them. He wants to um, just see them prosper, see them healthy, see them whole. And um, so I think, and there's that other side where, yeah, there's righteous anger and, and things that he gets angry about and upset about just as, you know, God is just. But I think when we see people as he does, when we have a heart for people as he does, whether that's for, you know, the, you know, the, the scripture talks about the orphaned and the widow or those people that we would consider to be on the, um, the margins of society, yeah, fringes of society or, or that are, you know, um, in the minorities or something like that. I think that, um, he doesn't see those people like that. He sees everyone as equal and he has a heart for everyone and he wants he wants each and every one of us to um, fulfill the purpose and the calling he's placed on our lives. And so um, I don't think he sees somebody and he was like, oh, well, I'm just going to ignore that person mm. or whatever. Like he has a desire for each and every person in yeah. this entire world. And and that's so refreshing because we're as people, you know, in our fleshliness that, you know, who we are at the core as sinners, you know, and selfish and um man we dispose mm -hmm. you know people and things if 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 it's not doing well for me if if you're not if i don't agree with you know what you're saying or if i don't agree with what you're doing with your life or if i don't agree or what we just dispose right and and we get rid of um, or we dismiss people and and you're right jesus doesn't do that no that's those are the times that he pursues those are the times that he, um, you know, finds ways to try and, and catch our attention and, and, you know, guide us back to, to his truth and to, to you know. yeah. Yeah. I think, um, as I want to look up some lyrics real quick coming to mind. So just for a few years I've, I've, I've wanted, I, I don't know where the desire came from other than it, it's from God because, it's really random, but just a desire to do prison ministry. And so, um, yeah, I've, I've had, you know, doing that once a month at Gus Harrison Correctional Facility. It's it's an all-male facility. And uh, we, we have four services. Um, and so there's anywhere, you know, about 75 or so inmates each service. And so I'll do music for that. And and, and we'll pray and then we'll have someone else on the team will, you know, give a message um, and things like that. We do a devotional. We pray together um, in a little chapel and stuff. And um, they were they would ask questions like, so we're kind of curious, like why you would want to come into the prison. And, and our other question for you is, you know, um, why why don't more people do that? And mm. before we dismiss them. Yeah. Well, you're guilty, you know, you're in prison, so you're guilty before we dismiss them. You know, how does Christ see them? And yeah. the point I'm bringing this up is, is not to go into that answer specifically um, and how I answered him. But 
recently I got an email and I think next weekend I'll be going into the prison and we all are desiring the same things. We shouldn't be, we shouldn't dismiss people. And, um, some of the inmates were saying like, Hey, you sound kind of like Lauren Daigle when you sing or something. Could you sing the song you say? And so I just wanted to look up the lyrics real quick. And it says, um, you say I am loved. So Christ says, I am loved um, when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I am weak. You say I am held when I am falling short. And when I don't belong, you say that I am yours. Mm -hmm. um, and we all need to hear that. And But here are inmates in prison. They need to hear that just as much as we do. And we can't just dismiss them. And so having the heart of Christ, it's it's so crucial in how, how I see them, you know, and how I see people in my family or my friends or how I see myself. And, and you're right, Rachel, when you say that having the eyes of Christ is to see people with love and mercy, compassion and grace. And yeah. Yeah. And you both are looking up scripture right now. So I want I want the word to speak. What do you got to say? Uh, yeah, Matthew 25, 35 um, says, For when I was hungry, you gave me food. When wow. I was thirsty, wow. you gave me drink. Mm. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And Jesus says here, Truly I say to you, as you did to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. And so instead of looking at each other and um, just through eyes of judgment or through eyes yeah. of prejudice or whatever, mm -hmm. seeing people as Jesus sees them, like quite literally, we're brothers and sisters and Christ does not see us differently and we need to love each other in that way. Yeah. Which is to go further than simply, I accept everything about you. I condone everything you're doing because that's not actually what Christ does. Mm -hmm. And and we won't maybe get too much into that, but the point of being, you know, Christ will have the hard conversations with us, you know? Yeah. And I think that's too where I think our society um, misrepresents what we mean by love, mm -hmm. God's definition of love, mm -hmm. where, where, where when we say that God loves a person, we're not saying that God is entirely condones what they do. God doesn't entirely like it's, it's not what we mean. It's God is accepting of everything they do. Of, everything yeah. There, it's like no, it's like God is like I'm going to love you despite this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, D yeah. Despite all of this, I'm actually going to love you. Um, and so when we when we say that we're loving people, we're not saying that we agree with everything they do. Because mm -hmm. because a, a person that says that they agree with everything you do. It's probably just because they don't know everything you do. Like we all, mm -hmm. as people, have things we disagree with. It's like, despite me disagreeing, I'm going to be committed towards your well-being. Though I disagree with you, I'm, I'm going to self-sacrifice for you, right? I'm, I'm going to sacrifice what I have for you. Uh, though I disagree with you, I'm willing to walk with you hand in hand in order in towards a better future. Um, Not so because we have all the answers, but you know, we want to love like Christ yeah, and walk with but, you. But because we have a like affections in our hearts towards them mm -hmm. we, we desire that they would know the love of jesus that, that they would be satisfied in his goodness um so yeah i think our society does that though like where we distort words where we're uh nate uh nate hamlin he speaks about this all the time where he says uh uh, we've reduced love to just a dopamine pleasure in our minds. Mm -hmm. It's just it's just a, a chemical. Something that in our feels mind. good. It's like yeah. no, 
No, like, cause, cause when when a mother, when a mom, when a mom has kids, and she's just came home from work and she does not feel into too happy in a day <laughs> she still has to be committed to her kids mm-hmm. that father when he comes home though he does not maybe feel too much dopamine too happy because he just got done working construction he still has he still has a commitment to be there for his kids mm-hmm. regardless of how he feels um so we're not we're not re- when we say love we're not reducing it to an emotion mm-hmm. we're speaking about an act of our will mm-hmm. that's accompanied by emotion but it's not primarily founded on the emotion Mm -hmm. And I think it's using the parent example saying, you know, two siblings are getting in a in a fight. One of them slaps the other. You know, there'll be discipline there from the parents. But just because there's discipline, it doesn't mean that the parents love them less. Yeah. And, And the same thing with God. God doesn't love us less, but he may not be approving of what we're doing. Yeah. But he continues to work with us and through the spirit with patience and stuff, refine us to become more like Christ. Mm-hmm. And I'd even go a step farther. I think the 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 God not God not approving of what we're doing is actually a sign of his love mm-hmm. towards us. Yes. Yeah. And I think that sometimes um, I'll never forget um, one of my roommates, Javi, great guy. He 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 he, ha- he has a daughter named named Anna. And uh, I had a, she's three years old, and I had to walk her down the stairs. And uh, she thought she could walk down the stairs without my hand. And I was like, give me your hand. No. You know, you know like, like, like a silly little kid, rebellious. And it's like, I was like, Anna, give me your hand. And I, I held her hand real tight. First step she took, she fell. Boom. I held her up. And I think that it was in that moment like God mm-hmm. was speaking to me. It's like, Lexi, this is you. You, mm-hmm. you. you don't always know what I'm doing. You always want to do things your own way. You think you know more than me. It's like. We can trust that God knows more than us. Mm-hmm. So, so even though sometimes what God is telling us to do and commanding us to do, even though it doesn't make sense, even though it doesn't go according to our feelings nor according to our intuitions, we can trust that his ways are higher than ours. I mean, he's God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like yeah. he he knows more than us in his ways. Uh, God, God doesn't set up boundaries in our life to restrict us of joy. God sets up boundaries in our life. Uh, in, in order for us to enjoy things in the way he designed them to work. Uh, is, a train too, yeah. is most free, not when it's going crazy. A train is most free when it's on the tracks. Mm-hmm. And it's like our life, our life is more f- most free when we're in obedience to God's laws and commands. And he goes well with us. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, and, and just as like a, a parting thought, um, you know, the question was, you know, how does Jesus see people? Oh, and so, Sorry, no, no, <laughs> no, it's good. No, but that's, that's the beauty of yeah. conversation and it glorifies God. So we're good. Yeah. So, but you know, something that comes to mind too is, you know, how we see ourselves, Yeah. you know, and, and how does, how does God see us? How does Christ see us? And, and we're broken, but yeah. that's the thing. He doesn't just, I love him because he doesn't just see us as, Oh, you poor thing and is yeah. just sympathetic. He empathizes with us, but also he he sees us in the the beauty and hope of the best version of ourselves that we can be that reflects Christ. Does that make sense? Like so um does that make sense? Like so it's it's this all encompassing it's um past present future, the sight of us, past present future. It's not just well, I saw what you did in the past or, oh, I see where you're at now. You're suffering. But it's also like, actually, 
you know, Alexi, Rachel, Alicia, you know, I see you in, in your future self and who you can grow to become, to become more like me yeah. in God's image. Right. He's like, I see that in you and we're on this journey together. This is how I see you. You are, you are growing, mm. you are maturing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and to, to, to make sure we don't see people as, as projects yeah. and, and to see them holistically and that, and, and to see them throughout a lifetime. And into eternity, hopefully, right? Yeah, I, I think you are right because I think God's purpose in creating us uh, is is His glory ultimately, and and we we fell in Adam, right? That disease of sin uh, laid up, is is in us, and then so it, it distorted the image of God in us. It, it, it broke us. We even see when. Uh, when when uh, when Seth, the, the third son of Adam, was born, the Bible doesn't say that he was made to the image of God. It says that he was made to the image and likeness of Adam. Who was Adam? A broken image of God, right? And I think God's desire is to put His Spirit in us and uh, and to reconform us back to His image to reflect Him. And through that process, we end up seeing His love, His love and His gracious constantly, constantly pursuing us. His love is constantly being poured out on us, and in His commitment towards uh, that better us in the sense of that reconstruction of his image in us in order to bring him glory so through that walk we see his glory but also through that walk we see his just kindness and his love and his commitment to making us who we should be and i i'm not going on a rant here but we we all feel this we we all feel this with this sense where we are not who we should be we we uh, um, and, and people try to fix this in different ways some people might change how they look physically to be who they think they should be. Some people might try attempt to change who they are biologically to become who they think God's called them to be. But our problem isn't one of clothes. Our, our problem isn't one of, it's not a superficial skin deep problem. We actually have a soul condition. And to be who God has called us to be, we, we can't depend on anything we can do for ourselves. It's only a work of God. God deposits his spirit in us to conform us back to who we should be, his very image. And it's not done when we say should. It's not in a place of shame or no, no, no. Oh, I should, I, sh- I should do, I should be better. I should be better. It's he sees us holistically and into eternity and in, yeah. in, in it, with hope and yeah. with excitement and delight. Yeah. In us, um, to say like, Alexi, I, I can see who you're becoming. Yeah keep walking with me and and I can see all these these things that can happen and it, it'll be hard at times but yeah. I'm holding your hand you know yeah, yeah. um and yeah. it's, it's awesome I, I, I just think it's awesome that uh, God's ability to take the broken to take what the world says is ugly and he's like I'm gonna take this vessel and I'm gonna and I'm, I'm gonna reflect my image I'm gonna reflect my holiness I'm gonna reflect my glory mm, in this mm-hmm. person I'm We've gonna conform chosen. them once yeah. again into how, who whom I called them to be and we just see God's glory in sanctification and, and it's satisfying oh yeah yeah it's uncomfortable us. as as it's a word I can't say on this podcast, but it's satisfying like, to know, like, though I mess up, though I'm uncomfortable, though I, I'm, I'm in the hands of the potter, I, 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 it, it's uncomfortable and it hurts and, and I feel like he's almost re-breaking me to reconform me to his image, but it's satisfying. God's at work in my life. Mm-hmm. I see the hands of the potter. He's at work. I'm not, I'm not 
maybe I'm not who I should be, but I'm not who I once was. Like maybe I'm not who I one day will be, but it's like I'm I'm not where where I used to be. And to see ourselves moving forward, to see ourselves looking more like Jesus, to see ourselves looking more like whom God has called us to be, there's something there's something about that that nothing else can compare to. That's so good. Well, thank you guys for joining me today it was really fun and honestly tangents are okay so don't don't worry about it because because our goal is to just have christ-centered conversations that glorify god too and so we're just exploring these things and um so yeah so thanks for joining us today listeners and uh tune back in for future episodes oh 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 All right, so that concludes our three-part episode with our guests Alexi Torres and Rachel Hicks where we're exploring the living character of Christ in our Living Like Christ series. And so we really just hope it's enriched your walk with Christ and we just continue to encourage you to pray to God and ask these tough questions and and, and pray for wisdom and discernment and how to apply it in your life and to get in the word and to live with the body of believers because we need to, scripture says, to spur one another on in this race. Um, we can rest knowing that it's finished. That's what scripture says, that Christ died and rose again. It's finished. There's still a race to run, though. So let's do that together as a body of Christ. And tune in because there's going to be more episodes coming your way with new guests. Live loved, live blessed.